Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Bregman would like to get him to scamper home. Two on, two out. Tenth inning. That's in the air to left. Here comes Fisher. Throw by Ethier. Astros win it. A deep dive on baseball. Wade Boggs is a Hall of Fame third baseman. The man's a legend. And much more. He drank 50 beers on a cross-country flight and then absolutely destroyed the Seattle Mariners the next day, okay? The number of beers is actually highly disputed. Some say 50, some said as many as 70 beers. Which is an absolutely insane amount of beer. Nobody can drink that much. Not with an attitude like that. Now here are your hosts for the Hot Corner, Patrick Harris, the seven-foot kid that strokes it with the acne on his back, and Mike Lynch. Excuse me, he looks really hot. On 1080 The Fan. Hey, bada, 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 so we bada. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Intercontinental. Welcome into the Hot Corner. I got is not a I own that mom. Ow, 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 ouch, ouch, for it must be a Wednesday, as it's always a Wednesday, it's a good Wednesday, it is a it's good our, Wednesday, this is our favorite Wednesday of the year, well, I don't know, there's two other Wednesdays I like a lot, yes, but this is the best one, is it the best one, I love end of season, John Sukanik visit, to the hot corner. That is that is the most Yankee answer I've ever heard in my entire life. Because I'm like, I think I like the first one with Big John on because everybody's optimistic and Mike's like, well, there's a good chance we won a title. So <laughs> I like the I like the end of the year. Well, to be fair, the Yankees have never won a title since John started sitting in with us. So that's not necessarily true. So thank you. Neither John. have the Mariners. <laughs> well, that's well, I'm That's happy with John here because <laughs> I'm happy with John here because the Yankees haven't won. Yeah, we're all winners. Yeah, we are. We are all winners today. What's up, gentlemen? Hello. I How not much. I'm excited. When we when we found out that Joe was going to be out last week, I was like, ah, we got to move the we got to move the John one week yeah, later. We need Joe. But I also kind of enjoyed it because last week we got a chance to really kind of dive into the World Series, which we needed to do. You know that. Sterling World Series the that best we remembered. World Series I've ever watched. Remembered for the, little, the years to come. A little underwhelming. A little. <laughs> in my opinion. Just a tad. Yeah. But but today we got Mariner News dropped on us literally an hour and a half before this this show. Thank you, baseball gods. <laughs> and it's already begun. I didn't even know it happened. And I called John for the mailing it in segment <laughs> for primetime. And when John is mad about the Mariners, when I call him, he only answers the phone in one way and one way. And he says, what? <laughs> and I'm like, Uh-oh. why are you calling me? I'm not interested in talking. <laughs> and to I you. was like, what? Nothing's happened. He goes, Mariners are trading Zanino. And I was like, what? How did I miss this? He's like 30 minutes ago. I was like, I'm on Twitter all the time. How did I miss this? My spidey senses were tingling. <laughs> Felt like I was having a seizure. Then I wake up and DePoto's at it again. <laughs> John, are, are, are you a big Twitter guy? Like, do you scroll through Twitter a lot? Yeah, I'm usually on Twitter uh, if I'm not doing anything, I'll I'll instinctively reach for my phone. Okay. 
and use and go through Twitter. And I use it kind of like reading the news. Mm -hmm. So I'm not always tweeting a bunch. Right. But I'll scroll through it. And it's it's essentially take the place of me looking through the newspaper. See, it's funny because you're looking through the newspaper. I don't do Twitter. Mike is on Twitter at a computer for four hours on, you know, number one show in Portland. Shout out. Well. And uh, you saw the news. And I saw the news. And Mike's just like, hey, guys, what's up? What's well, going on? You know what why else is John, happened? Why is John so mad at me? Isaac and Sick didn't see the news either. We were knees deep into Mount Hood Railroad uh, train to Christmas Town talk, and I was not on Twitter for that club. I heard hour. that. You guys were making award-winning radio. I we had were. nothing else to do. By the so. way, I agree. As as someone that like grew up in this in this region, a lot of the stuff you guys are talking about, I full heartedly agree. Oh yeah. Yeah, a lot of things are a lot lamer than they sound. The only thing you can do on Peacock Lane is you got to have a sober driver so the rest of us in the car can drink, <laughs> and then you got to pee. And what are you doing? How did nobody bring that up? Well, you're just you got to hold it, man. Yeah, anyway, okay, Dogley. Well, today is probably our favorite day of the season. One of at least three. We can all decide which one we like more than the other. But we are joined by the great Big John Sukanik. As this is our end of the year wrap up show, so we got a lot of stuff to get to. Can't believe it's over already. Can't, I know, right? Just, I was thinking that when the playoffs started, it was like, what? Yeah. The good news is that already? it will. We'll leave here tonight, and then it'll just like we'll blink, and it'll be time to come back in and preview the season. Yeah. So uh, it just seems to go fast. But I'm driving out here tonight. I was remembering when we came in at the All Star break, and it mm-hmm. just seemed like we had all this uh, wonderful baseball still to go, and. Uh, now we're here wrapping up the season, so it, it just gets quicker every year. We've yep. got the GM meetings going on right now. Mm-hmm. We've got the winter meetings coming up in December. Scott Boris is speaking out of his other mouth. Yep. <laughs> He's got five of them. And once the winter meetings are over, you get the trades, you get the offseason signings, and then baseball's back. Yeah, so we, we've kind of been in like this little weird lull these last two weeks. The World Series ends, and then you're just kind of waiting, and you're sad that baseball's over. Well, I would just argue... The reason we're kind of sitting here and being like, wow, baseball's over. It's like because these playoffs kind of sucked, kind of sucked a lot. Yeah, they kind of did. And so we're just kind of like done and we're picking up the pieces and now we're trying to move on. In the in the autumnal lull, uh, somebody has loosened uh, the Kraken that is Jerry DePoto. <laughs> and uh, he's he's apparently ready to uh, turn the hot stove up to full. Uh, before we even make it to Thanksgiving, so uh, I like buckle I, buckle up. I like to think Depoto buckle is buckle up, big boy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like you, Mike. Uh, I like to think Depoto is. I just had us Thursday four I, o'clock. I just I just had this conversation with Mike earlier. I like to think Depoto is a little bit like me in this sense, but he has a way better job than I do. I look at the sports at the end of the night, like on a Tuesday. And I'm like, man, what am I going to watch tonight? There's no Monday Night Football. I'm like, man, what am I going to watch tonight? And it's like pre or early season NBA pass. I don't watch a lot of hockey. No offense to hockey. I just don't watch a lot of it, so I don't really know the people. So I'll take a pass on that. If Duke's not playing Kentucky and it's Cincinnati, Ohio State, which I watched like 10 minutes of when I was like, good God, change the channel. I'm just hosed as a sports fan. Yeah. And DePoto's like, man, I feel the same way. You know what? I can do things, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference between me and DePoto. He's like, this night sucks. I'm about to make it cool. 
Boredom trades? You're <laughs> claiming DePoto makes boredom trades? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he's have at, you seen how many trades oh, he's yeah. made? He's, uh, he's yes. at, yeah, he's at home, and he's just like, you know what? I don't, I don't know what to do right now. Calls up the Tampa GM. Hey, man, I'm kind of bored right now. How's it going? They're just they're talking, right? They're shooting the S, and the Tampa GM well, he, goes. He trades with Tampa all the time. All the time. Yeah, right? that's, yeah. His, yeah. that's his favorite yeah. guy. <laughs> it's like the guy goes, can you believe how good of a season Malik Smith had this year? Malik and, Smith won me a fantasy league. And Jerry DePoto goes, Mike Zanino, done. <laughs> He's like, not bored anymore. Didn't you have Malik Smith once? Yeah, for 47 minutes. You want him again? Yeah. Done. The Tampa GM is You want Guillermo busy- Heredia too? Sure. Why not? Without blowing this open too much, the Tampa GM is at home in a three-hour time difference who's like settling down for the night. He's had a few drinks. He's had a good dinner. Him and his wife are cuddling in bed, and he gets a text message from drunk DePoto on the West Coast who hasn't come down yet. It's like, hey, man, I got an idea. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, well, I'm a little more rational thinking right now. I think he's got a line dedicated to just DePoto. <laughs> Eric Neander is the name of the Rays GM. Well, Eric Neander is killing it. I will say that. Yeah, he's he has worked something. for the Rays since 2007. This has been all a long con to screw the Mariners out of all their good players. Went to a World Series. Got to give the guys some credit. All you need to know is that we got their best two players this year and then got worse. <laughs> Tampa punted on the season, gave us their guy. You take our guys. And they were good. It's not like they came over and acclimated it. Yeah, Colomay was good. Colomay was really good. And Denard Span was and an Span was m- was more than adequate. And yet, they passed us and got better. They finished with a better record than us. <laughs> oh, that's glorious. Oakley Dogley. Well, we got a big show in store for you guys with Big John in the houses. It's always one of our favorite shows. Uh, in the second hour, we'll recap the. Uh, in the nine o'clock hour recap the season, kind of look back on some stuff, things we like, you know, we'll maybe chat some awards stuff and people that's shown to us. Maybe we'll talk a little free agents. Who knows? Uh, but our first hour is dedicated to Mariners, at least for a little bit, uh, as we'll dive into that and see, we'll recap the season. We'll look forward to the future. Uh, you can always find us on social media. Mike's at Mike Lynch 27. You can find me at PDD 85 on Instagram. Our fantastic producer, Mr. Joe Fisher. He is on Twitter as well at Joe Fish 3. That's F-I-S-C-H. And you can find Big John at J Sukanic, right? Is that yep, what we're doing? That's what we're doing. Straight up right there. Uh, hit us up. Follow us. Talk crap to us. We like it. You can also text on the show on the Better You Today text line 55305. You can be nice if you'd like to. Yeah, I guess you can be nice. Uh, that bad boy lets you interact with us throughout the entire show. When we come back, we'll just make it up. Can this show just be called Mailing It In? We can, if you want to. We should get a sponsor for that. Oh, uh, hmm. What okay. with the strict trademark infringement that I have over my six-minute segment uh, <laughs> on the other no, it's, show. It's a continuation of mailing it in brought to you by Bisnet Insurance okay. on the hot corner. All right. Free pub, by the way. <laughs> uh, we'll do that next. Big John in the house. This is Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. This is the hot corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Eight seventeen here on Portland Sports Leader. Don't you forget it. We are live in studio with Big John Sukanik as we do every single year. We wrap up the show, <laughs> wrap up the season, get things going, and uh, what do we do? We recap the season. Is that where we want to start here? 
Mariners recap. Yeah, we could start there of if the like. year. I think there were some shining moments in the Mariners season this year. The early part of the season was glorious. I do think so. They finished the year eighty nine and seventy three. In in my estimation, and I and I said this towards the end of the season a couple of times uh, on the big show. Um, I think they're the best bad team ever in Mariner history. <laughs> they they won eighty nine games. It's not. He's not. Too, that's he's that's not, not that bad. Long. No, that and makes the playoffs in a lot of years. It makes the playoffs last year. Yeah. And it probably makes the playoffs next year. Yeah. The problem is well, maybe the, the AL's weird. The Indians won two more games. Well, and right. And that's the problem is is you are in the American League where there just happened to be four really good. It's called I mean, Big Boy League. You know, the Astros won a hundred games and they were an afterthought. Yeah. Because the Red Sox won almost 110. I heard I heard this interview with Alex Bregman that I keep talking about. Alex Bregman was like George Springer was hurt a lot of the year. Correa was pretty much non-existent for the year. And Altuve was down for a minute. And we only won 100 games. And I was like, you just said you only won 100 100 games. Because nobody cared about it. Because nobody cared. He was like, I think we would have won 120, 125. And I was like, all right, big boy. They they may have won 110. But it's, you know, and you look at that and and the Mariners season. And we sat in here in in July with you guys at the All-Star break. And what do we, we laughed, right? Because they had started... The last 10 games before the All-Star break, they had taken that turn downward, and it looked like that's where this was headed. And, and, we, I, and I believe I was the cautiously optimistic one saying, well, let's slow down. Right, which was weird. Yeah. And I told you, I've seen this movie before. I know how it ends yeah. poorly, and here we are. And I said, if I come back here in November and they lost, you know, we're going to be disappointed. And yet you look at 89 <laughs> Wins is really good. So I stand by my uh, my estimation that they are the best bad team in Mariner history. They had they did some really good things, had some really good pieces. Unfortunately, uh, and, and make no mistake, they choked it away. But you also have to say Oakland came and took it. What Oakland did in the second half was unbelievable. But they just didn't lose. They didn't lose. They went like 40 and 10 in a 50-game span. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they they came and took it as much as Seattle choked it away. And then on the backside of it, you have uh, the Yankees and and Houston and uh, Boston. And, Cle- I mean, like you said, Cleveland is a really good team. Mm-hmm. And they were almost an afterthought because of what happened in the AL East and with Houston. So, weird year. game lead. Weird year in the American League. Weird season for the Mariners. And now we're left in this lukewarm what do we do now middle of the which is not where you want to be no. right you so, want to be one of the haves or the have-nots and and they're in the middle here and that that's not good in well, my opinion before we jump too far in that direction because i know we're going to get there but what in your estimation happened outside of the a's winning and never losing that caused the mariners to slowly trickle away from the playoff position because to me the one player I look at as a, as a key, maybe not the reason why, but as kind of like a perfect picture of what happened was Marco Gonzalez. Sure. Marco Gonzalez was dominant in the first half, but I remember I, I watched a game with them and he was pitching and I remember looking at his stats. He had like a 270 RA and he was like nine and two, but the batting average against him was like 340. And I was like, so he's just getting wildly lucky to keep his ERA this low. And then as the second half went on, that of course adjusted because you can't survive doing that in the entire season. And then I think he got hurt too at the end. Well, of the anyway. he got tired. And if you look at him, he's only two years removed from Tommy John surgery. And they say it takes a, a full two years. And when he came over, he threw a career high in innings this year. And and they started talking 
uh, as early as uh, the late part of July that they were going to have to do something because he was on pace to throw more innings than he'd ever thrown before. And if you look at that, after that 9-2 and two stretch, he went through a stretch where he was like 1-6 and six, uh, and just got drilled. Yeah. And then they shut him down, and they said he had a neck strain or something, but I think they just shut him down to let him rest. And when he came back in September – he made four or five starts and was 2-0 and oh with a 1 ERA. He was, again, really, really good. So I think it was just a case of fatigue with him. And, and you asked that question, and I would answer it this way. I think you had a bunch of, of guys who overperformed in the first part of the season, and they were propped up by a closer that had an historic season. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Diaz was historically good this year. And eventually, those things are going to – are going to even out. And you look at Paxton got hurt again because that's what Paxton does. Gonzalez got tired again. Leak is who he is. And so eventually, you know that's going to regress towards the mean a little bit. The problem on the other side is, is that all those bats in the first half that seem to have, you know, good first halves, they all kind of slumped at the same time. Everybody went in the tank. And all of a sudden, your pitching's coming back to earth and you can't hit. And Cano getting popped for 80 games didn't help. That didn't help. But there was a, I mean, Segura was really bad in the second half of the season. D. Gordon was abysmal. Ryan Healy's Ryan Healy. You lose Cano. Kyle Seeger forgot how to Seeger's hideous. Yeah. You know, and so. He's awful. Awful. And so there was. Just two years ago, it was like a 270 hitter. There were times when you really had, you know, Mitch Hanniger carrying the team. And you can't carry a lineup with one good guy. Um, So I think it was a perfect storm. Um, it's just, unfortunately it's the Mariners and we've seen that before. So was it a bad team? No. Uh, but were they as good as we thought they were in July? Also? No. Well, I do want to, I do want to kind of touch on some positive things. I do think there were a lot of great things in this season. There were some, I'm not going to give you great, uh, but I I'll give you some good. There Mitch were some Hanniger's good. I, I, that's where I was going. I think up. the emergence of Mitch Hanniger, that is a bona fide future superstar in this league. Mike, you, we, you, I think last week we were doing, uh, uh, fair or foul, and you dropped something like war. Like Mike Trout was the number one war. Mookie Betts was number two. Who are the only other people to round out the top five, or something like that? And the an- one of the answers was Mitch Haniger. So even though Haniger doesn't bat for a high batting average, I think his defense is great. I think, I think as uh, he's offensively dynamic enough to get some stuff done. I think you can look at this team and say Segura and D Gordon are clearly obvious pluses and Cruz is kind of Cruz. He's getting a little older, but he, you know, he still had a little bit left in the tank. I think there were a lot of really positives in this team. I think the biggest problem in that offense is the big money guys is the Cano for 80 games was maybe the death nail in the coffin and the see, funny thing, though, is that they actually played well after it happened. Right. And, and they went on their best run of the season after Cano got popped. Yeah. And then he came back, and it was kind of weird. If you look at how the Mariners roster was constructed, their lineup, you know, and they, the lineup they trotted out most nights, um, you know, like you said, you could pull individuals out of that lineup and prop them up as having good seasons. Hanniger was great. He did have a really good year. Healy wasn't hideous, you know, but he's in the middle there. You lost Cano for a while. But – they went through large stretches where they had leadoff guys that weren't getting on base. D Gordon was hideous, you know, and I like D Gordon and I thought he had a decent year, but as a leadoff guy, he was awful. Couldn't get on base. And then you had guys behind him that couldn't move the runners over, you know, Zanino strikes out a ton. Kyle Seeger 
was hideous. Kyle, for the- Kyle Seeger, that contract is going to haunt you worse than Robbie Cano. Yeah, that well, that's another that's another segment. But and so all of a sudden, you're one through nine. You have three spots in there that are pretty good. Yeah, and so you run into these stretches where you know Haniger leads off the inning with a double, and then he's still at second three outs later. And unfortunately, they needed for that two and a half months that they struggled, they needed two or three guys to step up and carry it. And Cruz tried, mm-hmm. but you know he was a little bit down this year. Seager couldn't do it. Right. Cano's gone, and that's the guy they kept saying we need Cano back. And when, to be fair, when Cano came back, he hit well. His numbers when he came back were fine. He didn't have a lot of high impact at bats, though, right? Didn't he just have a lot of like bases empty doubles. Right. But at the same point, you put him in that lineup when everybody's struggling and maybe that makes a difference. And to a team that played to a lot of one run ball games, um, you know, 66 and Oh, when Diaz came in with a one run lead 66 and Oh, yeah. That's a lot of one run games. And again, propped up by an historic closer and only 20 or so wins without a one run game. Right. Yeah, and so for for a great part of the year, that lineup struggled getting guys on base and moving guys around. And Cano would have helped that. He wouldn't have been the only answer, but he would have helped it. And so here we are. We're left now with what do you do? What do you do moving forward? You have, like you said, Patrick, you have old guys that make a ton of money. You have young guys that are decent, but not enough of them. Your farm system's atrocious. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? And we've all heard the rumors of them tearing it down here in the last couple of days. Depoto's come out and kind of said, eh, back off a little bit. I think that's more of a PR play for him. You right. Can't, yeah, I sure. agree. I agree. Yeah, you can't just say, hey, it's a fire sale. Everything's 50 cents. You got to kind of play that game. Um, but it's starting already with the Zunino news that we talked about earlier. And uh, um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think... I think it'll be more of a teardown than we think it will be. I don't think he'll go to the studs because uh, he probably can't. Um, but, again, started already here. I do want to get into this real quickly uh, before we get into kind of where we go from here because I think that's kind of a longer conversation. But one thing that I think I really enjoyed about the Mariners this season that I kind of saw not just the pre-All-Star break, but I saw it as well at the end, even when they were starting to struggle. To me – it's it's almost like Wazoo this year. I feel like the culture this year for the Seattle Mariners is a lot different than normal. I loved seeing D Gordon being the rah-rah cheerleader, got Nelson Cruz involved, and when Cano came back, I saw so much more positive, kind of positive reactions from players that almost, like, like Scott Service was kind of like saying, hey, you Dominican boys that you guys love your rah-rah, just show it. Let it shine, and I saw a lot of that. And so until that, they punched each other in the face. Into, yeah, yeah. Well, but, but 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 before we get to that, I mean, I think that is something that this team hasn't had in a long time. Agree, hundred percent agree. And and to it kind was of, a fun team. It was a it fun was team. Fun. There and, were times when you were like, these guys like each other. And to piggyback on that, I think a lot of that, a lot of that problem stemmed from when Cano. Cano is the leader of that team. It's Without Cano, a doubt, it's Cano's team. And you hear guys. Well, he's the maybe Hall of Famer. Well, you know, and Segura loves him, wants to play with him. That's mm-hmm. why he's there. Cruz he's loves him. hero. Cruz you know, loves D. him. D. Gordon loves him. And and when when Cano get, got popped, all you heard was who's going to step up and fill that leadership void. And I think for a, a short amount of time, Segura tried to do that and couldn't. 
And that led to some problems. Of course, the famous you guys are talking about, uh, Segur and D. Gordon got in the fight uh, in the locker room. And I think had Cano been there, I think Cano keeps that in check a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so not only did you miss his bat, I really think the Mariners missed his leadership in that second part of the season. Does that put, well, I know we got a break, but does that put into question a little bit the job Scott Service did that the clubhouse culture was so reliant on one player and not a collection of guys or service himself or whatever the I case may be. I think when service came in as a new manager, he leaned on Cano as the veteran and not that service did a bad job or shouldn't have done it, but I think service allowed Cano to kind of run that show a little bit in the locker room. And I think when Cano left service, it took a while to kind of figure out to how to fill that leadership void. I think he hoped Segura would do it. Didn't quite work out that way. Is that a knock on on service? Maybe. I, I wouldn't argue against it, but maybe. Uh, interesting. Uh, where do we go from here? That's what we'll hit next. We're here with Big John Sukanik in the studio as we wrap up the Mariners in this hour. Uh, you can always uh, text in the Better You Today text line 55305 and uh, let us know how you think where this direction goes. I got a couple texts that I'm going to read uh, coming up here, and we'll uh, get back into the future for the Mariners when we do that next. But first, there's my man with Joe with sports. Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Eight thirty-seven here, Portland sports leader. John Sukanik in the house, Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris, Joe Fish behind the glass. This is the hot corner. We do this bad boy every single Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Uh, if, you, if you caught the last half hour, we're kind of like trying to find the positives of the season. You're, you're more right. More of a recap. Well, you're right, I think right, there Patrick. was a lot more positives. There, there are more than you think. The, yeah. the, unfortunately, the, the narrative at the end of the year is a bad taste in your mouth because right. the 17-year playoff streak continues. And really, at this point, anything short of breaking that streak is a disappointment. We joked Agreed. about, the, you know, 89 wins is a good year unless right. you haven't made the playoffs in 17 years. Right. So, it, to be fair, it is. And what, two, three years Mariners are winning on the final day to get in? Uh, they've been close. Was that two, three years ago, something uh, like that? Three, maybe. With Lloyd McClendon? They've they've been close. Was that cool. the was that the Lloyd McClendon year? They were a, like a day away from making. I don't remember. It. If Played that was Toronto. McClendon Felix was on the mound and got yeah, lit. I don't remember if that was McClendon or not. Might have been, but they've been close. And so look, they're like you said, the culture's better. They have some players. They got some young guys. It's not all awful. So uh, to be fair, and you're right, uh, there were more positives than than there than we're letting on. But uh, until you make the playoffs, you're going to get that. I've seen this before narrative, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm certainly waving that flag still. It, it's very frustrating. Well, I agree. For the next, for the next, you know, 20 minutes or so, I'd like to get into uh, where the what the future holds, and I want to kind of, we kind of tease the, you know, and, and Joe mentioned it in the update, and there's these talks of Zanino and Heredia going to Tampa for Malik Smith and some stuff like that. DePoto already making some moves. I kind of want to read some texts coming in on the Better You Today text line at 55305. Uh, some, a couple things here that I just kind of want to, like, are kind of getting into where do we go from here kind of thing. 
Um, JR texts in, if the M's trade Hanniger and or Paxton, I'm out after 40 years of fertility. I'm not going through another blank rebuild. Uh, another one is, I think that the Mariners blowing it up is very dangerous. If a Portland team comes into being, they could lose a lot of support. Uh, I think, you know, what? however you feel about both of those statements, I think the idea is that this blow-up rebuild is a real conversation. Whether you agree or not, I think it's something, you know, like, John, whether you agree, blow it up, or disagree, blow it up, I think this is a conversation to be having with this team. Well, I talked to Mike. Mike and I talked about it a little bit uh the other day and it's not the teardown that scares me. I, I'm fine blowing it up again. Mm-hmm. You, you're in this weird middle ground here where you're not good enough to beat Houston or, or Boston or the Yankees. You're probably not even good enough to beat Oakland anymore, depending on, right. although it would be a very Oakland thing to do to come back and win 70 games next year. I don't think they will. <laughs> They're pretty good. Um, Mark Chapman's awesome. So I think, you know, you look at the Mariners and they're in this weird middle ground thing. So I'm all for blowing it up, blow it up. I just do it the right way, you know, and everybody's like, oh, the Cubs blew it up, did it the right way, won a World Series. The Astros blew it up, did it the right way, won a World Series. Look at the Braves. The Mariners tried tried to do this already and didn't do it the right way. They got the wrong guys and couldn't develop the guys they got. So it's not the teardown that scares me. It's the execution of the teardown that does. And we're getting a little bit of – piece of that early we talked about the Zanino all signs point to Zanino's going to be gone here within a day or so I'm fine trading Mike Zanino I like the kid I wanted him to be good part of the family but if you want to trade him fine that's great but who are you getting back and Malik Smith doesn't doesn't do anything for me well and, I, and I've said this to you off the air today if the whole point of doing a teardown is to restock the farm system, which the Mariners desperately need. Desperately need. It might be, I'm I'm, I'm going to look it up. You talk, I'm going to look it up. Then the first trade that you're going to pull is a guy that, yeah, sure, could be traded, although I'm surprised they would consider trading him because he's still very young. You send him to the Rays for a guy that you've already had who's a major leaguer who personally I don't think is that good. I think he's fine. He's serviceable. I know he had a good year this year. I just don't think he's that good then why on earth are you doing a teardown if you're just going to go get a bunch of Malik Smiths? I'm not saying that they're going to, but if this is the, if this is his first foray in sure. and the first sign to Mariner fans is, hey, we're trading Zanino and Heredia for a guy who's a center fielder in the major leagues, which doesn't do anything for your farm system. No, and and to go back to to the text program, uh, you mentioned that guy texted in about Hanniger and pa- get ready because Paxton's getting traded. Paxton's going. Paxton's going. That's Yank- their... The Yanks are loaded in talent. That's the guy that's going to get traded. And so I think it's a couple of things. I don't think if you look at if the Mariners need to rebuild their farm system, there's really only a couple of pieces that they could do to accomplish that. You're not going to accomplish that trading Zanino. In fact, Malik Smith is probably as good as you can get back for Zanino. And you're getting all that on the defensive end. Zanino can't hit uh, for anything, but he's a really good defensive catcher. Won the defensive catcher of the year award today, in fact. Um, So – you know, here's your trophy and a plane ticket to yeah. Tampa. Bye. Right? Although he's from Florida, so he's probably happy about Except that. he has to go play in that dome. Well, he'll hit 45 home runs in that dome, so get ready. <laughs> baby. But to go back, Paxton's gone. Guarante- Paxton will go, and that's the piece. There's really only three guys they could trade uh, for a minor league haul, like you're talking about, Mike. They could trade um, Hanniger, who, or Hanniger, who they're not going to, according to Zanin, or according to uh, DePoto, they're not going to trade him. They could trade Diaz, 
which I would argue if you're going to blow this thing up, trade him. That would be the smartest move because yes. closers, they're not a dime a dozen. Extremely volatile. But they're flashing the pan. Extremely so volatile. One great season could mean Diaz goes for 15 saves, gets hurt, and has a 5 ERA next year. Well, so Diaz is 57 saves this year, right? Second all time. So let's say he has 45 next year. That's still awesome, but people are going to be like, oh, what's wrong with Diaz? It's just goofy. Uh, so if 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 it's me and I'm blowing this up, I trade Diaz. I don't want him to. I love the kid, but that's who I trade. So if you're not going to trade. And a mid- lot of teams want those relievers. Absolutely. Yeah. You're not going to. Well, look at what the Yankees did for um, uh, when they traded Chapman and uh, Andrew Miller. And Andrew Miller loaded their they system They restocked up. everything, yeah. And so the Mariners could do that. Uh but if you're not going to trade Hanniger and you're not going to trade Diaz, who's the only guy left you can trade and realistically expect to get a minor league haul? James Paxton. James the answer Paxton. is James Paxton. And he's gone. And he's going to be gone. So uh, I like Paxton too, but that's the guy I think. I think you're going to see a bunch of these little Malik Smith-type moves, and I think you're going to see Paxton. And that will be the key to all of this. If they can reload and get two or three legitimate guys for Paxton, great. But if they screw that up, it sets this franchise back another five years. Let's take a quick short break, and when we come back, I'll let you know I looked at a couple stuff and kind of saw where the Mariner farm system ranks uh, in terms of going forward, and we can get into that and kind of see, continue this conversation about where they go next if James Paxton is the right move. If you're a Seattle Mariner fan out there and you're listening, let us know what you're thinking. Better you today, text line 55305. We'll do that next. This is the Hot Corner on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Maybe I'll be a Braves fan. Maybe I'll be a Braves fan. Didn't you used to be a Braves fan? Or that was the Mets? Yeah, I was a Mets fan before I came over to I was the Mets the 85 86 Mets is why I fell in love with baseball that was my formative years and um before I loved Griffey I loved Daryl Strawberry I know he's a dirtbag right but I have uh, it is an infinite number of wiffle ball at bats where I hit left-handed and tried to perfect Daryl's big looping swing it was uh, I I love Daryl Strawberry um so yeah Mets fan for sure um I wouldn't. Be, I've said this before. I would be a Cardinals fan if I ever leave. We've talked about this. Yeah, what I'm would you do if you ever left? I'm going to the Cardinals unless unless like, Portland gets a unless team. Portland gets a team. And yeah. you mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the bad thing is that I'm confident the Mariners will suck for the next decade. <laughs> but I think I think the Portland fan that thinks they're going to get an expansion team and then do what the the Knights did in hockey or something, the expansion team that comes to Portland is going to suck. It's really gonna, bad. It's going to be really suck bad. for a long time. So. You know, Unless the, they're the Arizona Diamondbacks. Well, the question will be: um, they won a World Series in their third. Year. You know, if if four or five years from now Portland has a team, four or five years from then the Mariners probably still are bad. Can Portland do it? And again, I don't think I'd switch. I love the Mariners, but the day Portland gets a team, I'm going in. We're, let's all go in and get season tickets because I'm going to 50 games a year. Oh, oh for yeah. sure, oh, that'd for be sure. awesome. We'll just we'll just go in on three seats, you know, and we'll figure out who goes. And I've I've joked before, like I'm married to the Mariners, right? I love them, but if Portland gets a team, that's the hot secretary, and you see her every day. <laughs> you see her every day, and that's you know uh, that leads to trouble sometimes. So uh, we'll we'll 
deal with that if if and when it ever happens. MLB to PDX, I'm all for it. So John says the 86 Mets are what made him fall in love with baseball. Mike, do you know what year made you fall in love with baseball? The 96 Yankees. 96 Yankees? Yep. Mine is the 95 Seattle Mariners. Really? Yeah. That's nice. The the ALDS, yep. the slide. That's Griffey. I watched that, and I was like, whoa, this game's cool. The double. Yeah. Dad, can I play baseball? Yeah. And he was like, you're going to suck, but yeah. Isn't that great? I, and <laughs> Thanks, I hope, Dad. like. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Like, and this is not, not to get off topic here. <clears throat> not really. He didn't say that. He was like, what's baseball? Like, I, I want my kids to have that moment. I yeah. want my kids to have that. You know, like I remember with sitting with my little brother. I mean, I was 12 years old, 12, 13 years old, and Big Souk, you know, was seven. And I remember sitting in the living room and watching the 86 World Series and, you know, the the curse and the Red Sox and all that stuff. And the Mets were fun. And that was the team that we watched because they were on cable all the time Mm -hmm. playing the Braves and the Cubs and Strawberry and Gooden. And oh my gosh. And then game six happens and Buckner and, oh, I mean, I'm in. It's pretty wild. I am all in. And I loved loved the Mets, loved baseball. I was all in. Imagine and I want I want my kids to have that moment. And I want it to be with the Mariners, right? I take them to games and we watch games and it's just Do they do they care? Not like you do, because not many people do, but do they care to a level where they're actually fans? No, they or make, are they just appeasing dad? They just make fun of me for mm-hmm. you know. In fact, if we if I get in an argument with one of my kids. The, the top two insults they'll throw out, they'll usually throw out, I'm bald. Like, why would we listen to you? You're bald. Which I don't know why that's funny. Terrible argument, you little To a 13-year-old, but my 13-year-old thinks brats, that's hilarious. Come fight me. I'll fight <laughs> you. Know? you. Or not even your dad. Or they'll throw out, they'll throw out, well, why should we listen to you? You like the Mariners. Oh, You know? And so. So cold-blooded. But I It'd would be like think, if my kid was like, yeah, dad, I'm going to you, you know, dub. But I have like, a. Kid. Get out. I have a 19-year-old. I have a 19-year-old, and I have a 13-year-old. Yeah. And for their entire life, had there been, and even the 95 season, had there had they experienced the 95 Mariners or had they experienced an 86 Mets or something like that, maybe that's their moment and they're in. Maybe they love baseball and they love the Mariners, but they haven't had it. In fact, the Mariners have had very few cool moments during the course of their lives. And so I don't blame them. I can't really blame them for – Making fun of me for loving the Mariners because that they didn't have that moment. And would it would it kill you if it wasn't the Mariners? No. Would it kill you if they watched the World Series a couple of years ago, saw the Cubs break the curse, and became Cubs fans? No. I and and I I love that's what makes sports great, right? For whatever reason. Think if you're some kid in North Texas last year and you watched George Springer did what he did, right? Why wouldn't you be like, I'm clearly an Astros right. fan, right? Yeah. And that's awesome for whatever reason. That's what makes sports great is is most sports fans that I mean, love a I, team. I almost became an Astros fan because I have like right? the biggest hard for Alex Bregman you know? you've ever met in your life. Whatever it is for you, right? Whatever that is for you that makes you love that team is awesome, and that's what makes sports great. So yeah. I wouldn't begrudge that if my kids had a moment like that for a team, but. Unfortunately, they're in their room playing Fortnite or something. And not... Well, your son had that moment with West Virginia thanks to a video game. Right, exactly. And see? So that's good. And it's it's been a thing for his life. So I wish that... Thanks, Pat White. I wish that the Mariners uh, had had that moment. And uh, they just they just haven't had it yet. So Sorry, quarterback number seven. <laughs> Maybe it's coming. Maybe it's coming. Uh, I just I uh, switch switching gears real quick as we get ready to get into the nine o'clock hour and talk about the rest of baseball. Uh, looking at some 
farm system rankings. I've looked at multiple sites. Yuck. A lot of them agree that uh, the Atlanta Braves and the San Diego Padres and the Chicago White Sox are kind of killing it right now. I think we all know Padres and White Sox uh, are have they've been unloading people to try to stock that farm system. I think it's interesting that the Braves have four guys right now, three pitchers and a third baseman that they all think are going to be superstars. Is Tuki Toussaint still on that list despite coming up this year? Uh, he is number five on that list. Wow. Yeah. Because he looked good this year. Yes. <laughs> so, so, like, the Braves look good. I think this is kind of scary because also – uh, the, uh, where were they? Where were they? The Houston Astros are at number seven, we're which is, which right is kind of scary. The Phillies are at number eight, which I think is scary, especially if they can snag a Machado or a Harper or a both. Um, the Yank Dodgers are at 10 surprisingly. And I don't know how that works. The because, Dodgers always get good they international just, prospects. Yeah. Because they just trade everybody weird. The A's are in the top 15. Uh, the M's last Yankees, Yankees. Let me find the Yankees to help Mike. Wow. They fell that far. Yankees are at 16. If it makes you feel any better, the Indians are at 26. And my friends, I hate to break it to you, but every side has the Mariners at 30. Yeah. That's not a surprise. It's because even below the angels, the angels were worse than the Mariners. Yeah. It's and, and what everything is saying that I'm reading here is that there's two guys for the Mariners. Uh, let's see if I can get to them real quick. There's two guys, Kyle Lewis, and Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, the Julio kid is supposed to be legit. Both outfielders. Um, they right, like just the, what you need more outfielders. Yeah, they <laughs> they like these guys, and then they say that the drop off from them to the rest is steep. Yeah, the Julio Rodriguez was the fall, Arizona Fall League MVP at seventeen. Really good uh, prospect. Everything you read about him is that he's legit. But seventeen, so best case scenario, he's two years away, right? So it's not going to help you a ton. Kyle Lewis. Off to a great start a few years ago. He had that horrific knee injury, mm-hmm. blew his knee out, of course. Um, but, yeah, they have a first baseman that was a first-round pick a couple years ago. Evan White supposed to be pretty good. He is number four on this list. Yeah, and they had a pitcher they got this last year who I think ended up having Tommy John surgery or was sick or got hurt or something. So uh, DePoto has yet to dazzle me with any of his draft picks, but, you know, I, there's hope, I guess. Yeah, I think DePoto, you know, and we'll end on this. I think DePoto's got to change. I think when he was in Anaheim, it was how do we tinker this team to make it a winner now? And he might have to look at how do we tinker this to make it a winner in five years? Well, when they hired DePoto, Mike Mike was kind of critical. I remember having a conversation with Mike that DePoto kind of, you know, and, and the argument that the Mariner fans used was, oh, it was Artie Moreno that screwed it up down there. But, you know, again, for all the trades and for all the movement and for all the excitement that DePoto has brought in, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's got as many bad moves as he's got good ones. He has yeah. one great move. Yes. And that was trading Taiwan Walker Amazing for Hanager and Gene Segura. Yes. Amazing move. But beyond that, it's been a lot of a lot of meh. Dink and dunking, if you will. Yeah. That doesn't accomplish a winning season or yeah. a or a playoff season. Agree. Yeah. So we'll see how that turns out. When we come back, let's get into the rest of the baseball. Let, let's get happy. The end of the baseball season is over. I mean, I'm sure none of us are excited. Let's talk about sports. Yeah. Let, I'm sure none of us are really happy that the Red Sox are World Series champions. But at least let's look back on a season and talk about some of the stuff that we found quite enjoyable this is the hot corner on 1080 the fan we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.